So today, la last week, we talked about ways to think about how we post on social media. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to manage what we see, sort of control a little bit of the algorithms that Facebook and Twitter use to show us everything. Um, and ways to just to, to, to kind of think about what's coming in as opposed to what's going out. Uh, this guy here, uh, this is a story from the New York Times that's been making the rounds today. This is the extreme of the other side because you can go as far as just to check out. We were talking a little bit um, as people were walking in. This guy basically um, was so frustrated with the the news that he was seeing in the wake of the election and it was just eating at him so much that he just decided to take his money and go home <laughs> and he has turned off social media he doesn't go online he doesn't watch tv he doesn't listen to the radio um, he knows that donald trump is president he knows almost nothing in current events that has happened since then uh, the new york times calls him the most ignorant man in America by intention. <laughs> um, so we probably don't want to go that far, although sometimes it seems it might seem like that that's a nice, uh, it, you know, ni ni nice if you can do it, um, but but it's probably not someplace that we most of us either have the means or really the desire to go. Um, but I want to look at, this is, this is a scripture I keep coming back to these days as I think about social media. Um, Paul writing in Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Um, not a word you typically hear associated with social media. Uh, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Again, something you don't usually hear in relation to social media, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this is, this is the one that, uh, that I keep coming back to. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put that into practice and the peace of God will be with you. There is um, there's a line from a novel, I think Josh has used this um, in, in sermons before, that we become the stories we tell ourselves. And um, I remember one of the first times that really drove this home. Um, I am the shortest guy in my direct lineage in four generations, right? So my father is 6'8", his father was 6'6", and then his father at like the turn of the 20th century was like 6'4", 6'5", something like that. So I come from a really tall family. I grew up thinking of myself as short because my dad is right here. I never got to the point where I could beat my dad at basketball. Um, 
And so I would tell this story because people would think that I'm tall. I'm going, no, I, I actually, you know, if I see somebody that's 5'10", I think they're as tall as I am, and I'm 6'2". And one day, and I don't remember exactly what it was that made me realize this. Um, no, I do, I do. My, my older son, my younger son is in here. My older son is 6'2 and a quarter. And, <laughs> and, and it wasn't until he was a little bit taller than me and I realized that how big a deal that was for him that I realized that he had grown up hearing me say that I was the shortest and he's, you know, he's this tall and then he's this tall and then he's this tall and then he's this tall, he's this tall hearing the taller guy go, I'm the shortest and now and he's thinking oh I'm shorter than that and then when he when he finally was that much taller than me it was a huge deal because he was not the shortest guy in five generations which would be him in the back corner um, I have no idea how this story is affecting him <laughs> but you know, if if we if we feed ourselves certain stories or certain myths or certain concepts those it, it it changes the way that we think about ourselves it changes the way that we look at the world it it can change everything about us and the reason i bring that up with social media is because we really have only so much input over what we see on social media well, we, we, we do have some and I want to go, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to this. We, we, we do have some, but a lot of times it just feels like it's just all coming at us and we don't have any control over it. So what we're going to do today is show some ways to have a little bit more control over the algorithms. This is from a, a book that I generally recommend. It, 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 it kind of takes a tone of all the things that are going wrong and all the things that are bad about social media uh, and so it, the chapter will be like six pages of these are all the problems that social media creates in this area and then a page and a half about things that we can do to combat it. But the good parts of the book are really good. Um, the more I click, the more I like and click online, the more precisely web algorithms feed me images, ideas, and products tailored to my previous engagement. It may seem I am simply stumbling over a litany of randomly scattered things online, but what's offered up to my eyes today is increasingly aligned to the breadcrumb trail I left behind in my digital diet. Um, I don't know how many of you have had the experience of buying something and then getting home and seeing an ad for it in your Facebook feed within literally hours of having you know, having bought it, there's, there's a story of um, a teenage girl who was either pregnant or afraid that she was pregnant and she was researching baby things online on the family computer and Target figured out that she was pregnant before she told her parents. And so all of a sudden she is getting ads, new baby ads from Target. Um, and so our information is being tracked at just a staggering level of accuracy uh, online 
and it's and it's being tracked across everything that we surf. It's being tracked across, you know, with with credit card purchases, um, with Alexa and the Google uh, speaker, the, the the smart speaker stuff. It's being tracked by the conversations that we have, and all of that information is being put together to feed us things that these companies think that we will want to see, that we'll want to engage with, that will keep us using their products. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's discovering like your interests, right? Like you're you're on the hook for these kinds of things, and it's going to show you that even if it's maybe it doesn't make obvious sense to us, but it's it's listening, right? Yeah. It's, it's paying attention and it's giving us back exactly what we respond to. Right, and and it's it's it, there there are still areas that it will not get right at all but it's getting better and better and better um, so on on the one hand we have the option of like the guy in the new york times checking out of this completely on the other hand we can take steps to tell these algorithms ways to do this better and ways to give us what we know what we know we need or what we know is better for us than just what our base nature tends to gravitate toward um, one talking about ways that things that don't match up at all. Um, I'm going to show you something that I discovered on Twitter this week that's a very handy thing. But there's um, in in the I, I can't remember exactly where it is, but like in the in the account settings, you can tell Twitter, you know, this is how old I am. This is, you know, whether or not to uh, pay attention to where you live or where you are. Um, and it fills in that information based on the things that you have tweeted if you haven't put that there. Um, until yesterday, Twitter thought that I was a 54-year-old woman based on the kinds of things that I have tweeted about over the years. So I actually had to tell Twitter yesterday that no, I'm, I'm just because I have a lot of people, you know, I have a lot of Taylor Swift fans following me and post a lot about Taylor Swift, I am not a woman. Um, so there, there are things that they get marvelously wrong, but there are also things that they get scarily right. And the more control that we can have over the things that are coming in, the better it is for us. One of the things that I just learned recently about Twitter and I, um, is this thing here, muted words. You can actually take entire words and phrases out of your Twitter feed. Um, so if there is if if there is a trigger word, if there's something that you know, if you see that you know, if I see this, it's going to take me down a bad rabbit trail. Um, you can tell Twitter, just don't show me that word anymore. Um, what might be what might be something, and I'll I'll add I'll add I'll, I'll mute some words today. <laughs> Yep. You know, like if you don't care about the Oscars or whatever, and all your 
you can just tune out yep. those specific things. And yeah, if you don't if you don't want to see the spoilers for the TV show. Yeah. 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 So that's that's kind of like that's a, a little bit of a divergent from the, the use you're talking about, but but like you can think about like when everyone's going on uh, the subject, maybe this is a subject that I don't you know like there are subjects I don't want to yeah. follow that. So I mean, and it, it, it could it could be you know, if if this is if this is a problem that I have, and I know that if I see if I see something about that, that that's going to make me think, ooh, I should. Then I can, you know, I can take it out of my home timeline. I can take it out of notifications. I can take it out for a day if you're looking to avoid spoilers. I can take it out for 30 days if I'm just sick of hearing about it for a while, or I can take it out forever and so that's that word is gone from my timeline um, you know, if you don't want to see explicit stuff uh, you know, if there's certain language you can take that out if you don't want to hear about politics if I don't want to hear uh, uh, yeah if I don't want to hear about assault weapons so let's take out let's take out assault weapons for 30 days and so that's gone um, I just I think that's an incre an incredibly handy tool to have. I mean, you've you've kind of got to go and say these are the thing these are the things that are bad for me to hear about. These are the things that I just don't want in my in in my life any more than they have to be. And you can take them out and still use Twitter. Um, another area here is in privacy and safety. Um, you can have a little bit more control over maybe you don't want people to know where you are if you're on vacation or if you're posting photos you don't want them you don't want people to know that you're posting from Florida and living in Nashville you can take that out um, how you want people to discover you or find you online um, though oh, this is the the personalization and data here um, going back to muting things you can have it hide sensitive content uh, remove blocked and muted accounts um, this will mark media that you tweet as con if if you're posting things that uh, are sensitive comment uh, or if you're po if you're posting things that might trigger other people you can let Twitter know that you're doing that or you can tell it whether or not to display that kind of stuff in your feed um, we were talking about the ads that we see and how and how they track us we can go into that let's see uh, that's in your Twitter data if you go into settings and then your Twitter data you can go in and find the things that Twitter thinks you're interested in. So these are the things that Twitter thinks that I'm interested in. And by and large, it's right. Um, because there's a, you'll see a lot of music in here, um, a lot of entertainment, movies, that sort of thing. Those are the, those are the kinds of things that I am interested in. Um, and, that's, and this is how they feed you ads. Because they've been going through my Twitter feed for the last 10 or 11 years, however long it's been. And this is the kind of stuff that they think I'm interested in. Not so much interested in the NBA, so I'll tell them that. And 
this is really used for what they show you in your feed and the kind of ads that they show you. But it can be, it can be a helpful thing because as I'll show you in just a second, let me go back. Say what? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure why the. I'm, I'm not sure why things show up there twice. But, um, but yes, I we're, we we watch the Goldbergs at our house, and I have I have been known to tweet about the Goldbergs. Um, but so it, it, I am currently part of 312 audiences from 124 advertisers. Um, yesterday, before I clicked out of a couple of things and before I clicked out of NBA just now, I was part of 332 audiences. I can turn all of this off in this uh, right here. You're, you can opt out of interest-based advertising so you're, the personalization doesn't show up as much in, um, the in, in what the advertisers are looking for. It doesn't change how many ads you see. It just means they're going to be a lot more random and probably a lot less applicable to you. You know, that may be something that's useful to you if you're seeing a bunch of ads that have nothing to do with you. Uh, that may actually be better for you because then you're less likely to go buy those things. Um, but maybe not. Uh, let's go. Let's go now to Facebook and look at some of these things because you can do a lot more on Facebook than you can on Twitter. Um, we'll start by going into security. One of the things, if you go to settings and then into security and login, um, there's a section called where you're logged in and that will show you everywhere that you have ever logged in on Facebook and not logged out. So old phones, public computers that you forgot to log out on if you've borrowed your, uh, your spouse's computer. Um, yesterday when I did this, I had signed, there were like 12 places, including some spots in Florida that I had apparently signed in on Facebook, had no memory of some of them. So I took those off. Um, so now it's, I'm, I'm a lot safer now because I'm only signed in on, yeah, I'm signed in here, I'm signed in here. And those are the only two places right now. Something else that you can do within this area, you can choose up to three to five friends to contact if you get locked out. If somebody, somebody hacks your account and takes it over, if you have filled this out and maybe, maybe I've said, okay, Nancy is one and Micah is one and a friend in the neighborhood is one. They will, if you get locked out, you can contact them. They will send, and they can contact Facebook to get a code. They send you the code, you enter those three codes and you can take your account back. If you've lost your phone, that's good if you've lost your phone. Uh, it's good if, like I said, if you get hacked. Um, one of, the places on Facebook that I have used a lot more these days is this top right ellipsis because there are all sorts of things that you can do here. If you're, if you're looking for something, if, if you, if you want to keep this but you don't want to read it right now, go up to the top right corner, click on save link. It just saves everything you want into this spot right here and then you can go back to it. If I have, if I have seen 
enough about Trump impeachment talks. I can tell it to hide the post and it will go away. Um, also in there, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is, let me see if it's, if it's in here. Um, sometimes you will see get support for in this. And if you click get support, it will actually, you can tell Facebook that you think the person posting is in danger of hurting himself or others. Um, or if they're being bullied or if you think somebody has hacked their account. And then there are, there are people at Facebook that will contact those people and try to make sure that everything's okay. Um, so we had the hide the, hide the post. Um, I mentioned this last week. This is one of my favorite recent additions uh, to Facebook is to snooze Jim for 30 days. It's, if you don't, if you, you can, basically on Facebook, you can block people where they can't see you, you can't see them. Um, you can unfriend them so that you're not appearing in each other's feeds. You can unfollow them so that you're not seeing their stuff, but they still think you're friends. Um, or you can just go, you know, I've had enough of this guy. He's off on a rant and you can take him just out of your feed for 30 days. And it is, it, it can be, if there's somebody that's driving you crazy, it, it can be just the most wonderful calming. <laughs> did, uh, did you look at this on Twitter? Because you can do this with Twitter too. You can mute the whole accounts. Yeah. That you follow. On Twitter, it's a little bit less useful because if you're going to mute someone permanently, you probably don't want to really be following them. You know, but on Facebook, a lot of us still. Um, obligated to be friends with our actual friends and right. family, and and they, we also might realize that they are engaging in a lot of online behavior that is not productive, and we don't want to engage in. We may want to remain friends, but not see the things that they they post. Right. I mean, and and it and it's it's always important to realize that there is a big difference between relationships in real life and relationships online and you know online relationships do not replace real life relationships and there are just sort of natural responsibilities in real life relationships that don't carry over online you know if if you and I have just tremendous political disagreements it's a lot harder to get ugly if I am staring you in the face while we are saying those things. Um, if for no other reason than some of the things that you, say, that you might say online and not think twice about would get you punched in real life. Uh, but that's, that's, an, that's an important distinction to make and you, yeah, and you don't want online disagreements to get in the way of a perfectly good real life relationship. Um, giving feedback on the post. This is something if, if it's really, if, if, if you think it's an inappropriate post, you can flag Facebook that there's nudity or violence, harassment, um, false news, uh, that you're concerned about suicide or self-injury, spam, unauthorized sales or hate speech. Um, you can do that. You hear stories about people posting, you know, 
pictures of their new baby on a bearskin rug and getting flagged for nudity, or you were telling me about one. What was it? Um, yeah, I had a friend whose son uh, was a hunter and had gone hunting for the very first time and had shot his first deer. Had fully licensed all of that. I don't know, know how all of y'all feel about that, but, but they were very proud of it. They were excited about it, and she was sharing the news that, that he'd done this, and they were talking about eating venison for the next year or whatever. And they got flagged for that in Facebook show and because somebody somewhere saw a picture of him posing with his deer. With a dead animal, yeah. With a dead animal that, that he had killed and was admitting to killing, to killing it. And they, yeah. So one of the things when Brian was going through this with me yesterday was just caution people when they use this to have a little bit of common sense about it. And then finally, in this area, there's, um, you can, if, if, you, if you see a post that you don't want to comment on, but you want to see, what it, you know, if you want to go fix some popcorn and see what everybody says about it, you can turn on notifications for the post. And if it's something that you have posted, for example, uh, this, this, is, this is the thing that happens to me all the time. A friend will get a new job or they will get engaged and you say congratulations and 372 other people over the next two hours also say congratulations, you can turn off notifications for the post. <laughs> um, and so that way it's not just, your phone is not just beeping at you every 10 seconds because somebody else is saying congratulations. Um, let's look at curating your newsfeed because uh, you will, see a few weeks ago there was a meme going around it was I, it was one of the first we talked about it in one of the first classes here um, how one of the changes to the Facebook algorithm made people feel like they were only seeing posts from the same 25 people or so and um, so you can so so some of the things we'll look at now are ways that you can keep up with people be a little bit more intentional about who you're seeing who you're not seeing and maybe seeing people that you want to see more of but don't. Um, if you, all right, so let's say, I'll go to Micah's page here. All right, so when I look up my friends here, so Micah and I are friends, but there are lots of different ways to be friends on Facebook. Um, if you click here, you can see that we have the, I have the op. Um, I have the option of getting notifications from him if I'm really interested in seeing what Micah is posting right now I can tell it to notify me send a message to my phone or to my desktop every time he posts um, this can be really good I um, had a friend whose husband has been in um, intensive care for pretty much the last month and I always wanted to know she was posting every morning every time there was a change in his condition she would post um, she has a lot of friends so so fortunately that was the sort of thing that Facebook just automatically showed me in my newsfeed because she was getting a lot of engagement about that and so it always be at the top of my newsfeed but if it wasn't um, then maybe I would want to get notifications from her to know what had happened with him or maybe if I knew that somebody was in the middle of some kind of emergency situation, 
um, I would want to tell them to tell Facebook briefly every time I see some every time they post something you send that to me because I want to know if you want something that's maybe a little bit more permanent you have the option of making them close friends which again will send you notifications uh, it will push them up to the top of your newsfeed so that you're seeing just about everything that they post or if you really you don't care about them that much you just want to you just want to kind of keep up with them you want to know the important things um, maybe you're just acquaintances <laughs> well, but but this is this is a way this is a way to tell the algorithm that you want it to do you want it to do things that you're not actively already showing them you're doing, uh, which which kind of bring which which brings me to one of my favorite features in all of this, which is um, the C first. Let me. Um, see where this is and now of course I've forgotten how to find it but I can you can go to any of your friends on okay here we go and you can tell it Michael where is this I've forgotten where the C first is I yeah so, so one, of the, one of the things that you can do with this is you, you can now tell Facebook that you want to see up to 30 of your friends at the top of your feed every time you sign on. And so it's, um, you know, what, whatever, whatever has been posted by that group of people since you signed on last, it will put right at the top of your feed. And it's it's a it's it's similar to close friends, um, but you can you can kind of use it in a different way because close close friends and acquaintances tends to be the sort of thing that you just you assign that and then you leave it there. But C first is. Uh huh. Let me see if this will. No. Yeah, and that's. Okay. 
Oh, following. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So C first, and and I th I think this is this is worth a little discussion because you can get really creative with this. Um, I mean, it's it's a little. You can use it like we were talking about get notifications. But one of the things that I like to do with this is about once a month I will come up with some group of people that. I'm interested in seeing more from them. And I will just tell Facebook, I want to see them first every day. And the first, the first place that I did it um, and realized just how useful this can be is when, when the Black Lives Matter movement really got started um, and I realized just that, that I didn't have very many black friends online, but I had more black friends online than I had in real life. Um, because I don't, because at the time I was, was working out of my house. So I was working by myself. So I wasn't, I didn't have, there, I didn't have any coworkers d other than long distance coworkers um, that were black. Uh, didn't have any black members of my family. Um, and so most of the engagement I had um, with black friends was at Otter Creek. And there are more black people at Otter Creek than there were five years ago, but there's still not a lot. And so I decided, I went through uh, my Facebook friends list and I just put every black friend that I had as a C first. And so when I signed on every morning, I wasn't seeing the posts from everybody else. I was seeing the posts from, well, from here, I was seeing them from William Jenkins, uh, from Robert Jackson, uh, I was seeing them from, from black reporters across the country that I knew, and, and I was seeing what mattered to that group of people as opposed to what mattered to the group of people that I just go to by default. When, um, when, the, when there was the, the flood in Houston, I had a lot of friends in Houston, so I just, I searched for all my friends in Houston, and for about two weeks, they were all at the top of my feed in case they needed something. I have done things where I've put everybody, put 30 people at Otter Creek at the top of my feed just to see what Otter Creek people are talking about. Um, I've put other music journalists at the top of my feed for work-related stuff. But I, I would be, I'd, I'd be curious if, you guys have ideas for ways that you could use that because the, 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 the thing that I like to do is I like to look for groups of people that are not like me that I know would have very different perspectives and put them at the top of my feed to give me a sense of how other people look at the world. Mm -hmm. And then it shows every post from right. everyone that's in that list. So like there are certain like I don't want to miss a, a post from Otter Creek. So I've created you know, a list that's just things that I don't want to miss like that. Right. And then you see every I believe from what I can tell, I believe you see everything in order in which it was posted. I think so I that, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, you can you can create your own list and filter it out if you just want to see what everybody's saying on this. T you know, everybody from here is saying, or what everybody, you know, it, people that you went to school with, or people that you work with, or you know, if personal accounts of clients, something like that. Um, but I th this has just been 
th this has been one of my favorite things about Facebook over the last two years because it's a great window into seeing what people who aren't me think like. Yeah. And when we try to branch out from that um, and say, okay, well, I want to hear from people who have a different political opinion than me or something like that, it can be difficult because uh, we might say, okay, I'm going to listen to all my friends who are, you know, take this position. And actually, that can be, some people talk about that, that can be a little bit counterproductive. If your friends just go on rants about, you know, certain topics, and maybe they're representing a different political point than you, but they're just, they're not helping. Yeah. Like, like you're, not, <laughs> you're not benefiting from their, because they're not speaking what you perceive as coherently and, you know, and so to actively seek out people who are articulating a different viewpoint in a really um, intelligent and coherent way and to say, I want to listen to those people right. specifically, not just the worst version of this other perspective. Um, and that can be, that's a little more like a subtle kind of thing, but that idea of like, I want to hear, you know, if, if I'm, um, you know, taking a certain position on gun rights, I want to hear the other side of it, but I want to hear the most intelligent version of that, method, yeah. that other side of it. And using that kind of thing to, to tune what you're seeing. I think one of the sad things those are usually the versions that don't get as much traction online. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and because because one of the things that they found, uh, and they're study after study after study, and we'll go into this in a future week, that the the default engagement reaction is outrage, because it's it's easier to make people mad. And if you make people mad, they are more likely to do something in the moment. Um, it's it's kind of like with TV. I read, uh, I, I read once that in TV, a gun is a more arresting image than a kiss. And so to, you get, when you get a better reaction, when you, when you get a more engaged reaction, even if it's not a good reaction, from a gun than a kiss, you're going to show more guns. And that's the argument in that essay was about why there's so much, there was so much violence on television because it works in that medium. Outrage works in this medium. And so if you want to get away from the outrage, you've got to be more intentional and you've got to take control in the places that you can to minimize that because even if, even, if, even if you were not given to outrage yourself, going back to what we were talking about, about the stories you tell ourselves, if you see it all the time, you're going to get sucked into it. Maybe not as much as some other people, but more than you want to be. Or maybe you're like the other guy and you completely disconnect from everything. Yeah. You say, I'm, I'm not going to engage at all. Yeah, and, and, and that, totally yeah, and, and that, that doesn't help anybody either. So, you know, you, you've, got, you've got to find that middle ground. You've got to find the ways 
that you can that you can manage that. Um, before before we leave, I'm going to show you some fun things that I I found. Um, if it, and the first of which is is a lot of fun, but is also something to be aware of that you can simply by typing you can find out all the photos that your friends are liking on Facebook. And so if you type photos liked by Brian Mansfield, it will show you every photo that I have ever liked on Facebook. So see, I've liked Sir Cecil Creep, if any of you are longtime Nashvillians. Um, but, so you can, you can type in that. You can type in, um, you can type in the posts that they've liked. You can type in posts they've commented on. You can see everything that they're commenting on, uh, at least everything that's public that they're commenting on. You can see the photos they've commented on. Um, and it is, it's, it's really fascinating, but it's also good to look at yours and see what, what you tend to engage with, because that can be, that can be very informative both about you and about your kids, uh, your friends. Um, so that's, that's, that's a fun thing to do. Another is if you go to facebook.com slash us and click, it will show you the relation, it, it will show you the Facebook relationship with your significant other that you, um, you know, if, if you're in a relationship or if you're married, just type in facebook.us, it will show you everything that you guys have done on Facebook. Make sure this was me yeah. <laughs> um, if, if you do not have a relationship, my understanding is that it takes you back to your own page since Facebook assumes that you love yourself. <laughs> um, one, oh, 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 one other thing, and this is if you were not part of uh, the class Facebook group, don't read the comments. Um, you should ask to join and we and I will approve you um, but if you go there I posted a link just before class if you've ever wondered if you have engaged with a Russian troll farm this is the link that Facebook has that will tell you if any of the accounts from the Russian Internet Research Agency which was the uh, the one where the individuals just got all the indictments um, for creating fake accounts and running uh, ads designed to polarize the political process in the country. Um, if you click on this link, it will tell you if you have liked or engaged with uh, any posts from accounts managed by that company or if you liked any of the pages that they create. So you can, you can tell how, how susceptible you are to uh, being compromised by the Russians by going here. <laughs> Um, another article that's in that I posted this morning in here we we're talking a little bit about this at the start uh, one way that you to combat your, your addiction to your smartphone is by making it a little bit less smart and I actually have turned because I I love pretty lights and I love blinking things and I was telling some of you before the class that 
like my happy place is an outdoor carnival at midnight at twilight don't even have to ride the rides i just like looking at all the bright lights and blinking colors which is one of the things built into this phone and so i have actually turned my phone black and white and this will give you the instructions for how to do that if because when i look at all when i look at the colors like this i want to go there when I look at the colors like this, just a little bit less. I, you know, here, when I'm looking at this, then it's because I want to get on Facebook. And I do want to get on Facebook. But here, there's also, I want to get on Facebook, but I also like the pretty colors. And it gives me a little thrill to see the pretty colors. Um, so just something that simple can be a way to get rid of some of the distraction. I, I would also recommend um, tweaking your notifications. Mm -hmm. So even if you do want to be notified, maybe you know Facebook updates or something like that, and you want that to come through, uh, it's still helpful to turn off the badges mm -hmm. and the, like the little numbered red badges, like on beside those icons, is so like it it triggers that place. And you're, you're like, I've got to complete something. Yeah. And you don't have to complete something. And tur like turning as much of that off as you can is a really helpful psychological state. Say like. I don't want to look at Facebook right now, even though it's got like, you know, yeah. 10 different like little badge things there. That's not my priority. But as long as that's there, we have like an instinctive need yep. to go and like. Oh yeah, and, and I did that. That's, that's one of the best things that I ever did. Um, I turned off the badges and the notifications for Facebook and Twitter on my phone. And so, because if I got one, I had to see what it was. And, and it just, it, ate at me until I did. And, and it was just, it was immediate. When I turned those off, if I don't see it, I'm not worried about it until I want to go on Facebook, until I want to go on Twitter. And, and I still get curious about what's there, but I don't know there's one thing there waiting for me. And so I don't go there. I mean, I, I, my engagement with, my, with social media on my phone probably dropped by 30% the day that I did that. I, I love that. Um, the other, another thing that you can do just to kind of help keep the distraction away is to, um, and, and I have not done, I will confess that I have not done this and I am probably not going to do this, but um, I, have, I have my social media all here on my front page on my phone. Um, it would probably be helpful to me if I moved it to the fourth page. Because then it wouldn't, again, it wouldn't be just staring me in the face all the time. It would have to be a more conscious decision to go and. It is a lot. Well, yeah, and, and it's, it's just, it's, you, you know, you, you joke about that, but it's, it's just enough to keep you from doing it a few times a day. And so it's a way to, to wean yourself off and to make, you know, to, to, to help you a little bit with time management. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yes.
Monday night, I'm going to do this. I'm getting this done. It wasn't until finally Friday morning that I actually made the first call to one of those acquaintances to try to set something. You know, thankfully something did work out yesterday. But it was that same idea, though. Like, what other thousand things did I do? And yep. the one thing that I really said, I need, I want to get done, that would actually be helpful for me and my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 ex yeah, and, and, and for me, if it's on the fourth page instead of the front page, I'm, I'm a lot more likely to go to the thing that I need to do rather than the thing that I love to do. <laughs> well, it's um, about 8 till 11, so this would probably be a good place to wrap up, but I hope this has been helpful, and if you haven't signed up for the, if you haven't asked to join the Don't Read the Comments Facebook group, please do, and we will get that approved so you can spend more time on Facebook. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.